From inflation to the rising cost of health care, in today's economic environment, many patients may delay or choose not to move forward with recommended care because of the cost. By accepting the Care Credit credit card, you can help more patients get the care they want and need without delay by offering a convenient way to pay for coinsurance, deductibles, and care not covered by insurance. Plus, when patients use Care Credit, you receive payment in two business days, helping to increase cash flow and reduce self-pay receivables, enhance the patient experience, and help increase satisfaction and loyalty with Care Credit. For more information or to get started, visit carecredit.com/mgma-podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. We're back again this week with Christy Good, Senior Advisor at MGMA, to share with you our latest Ask an Advisor uh, podcast. So Christy shared some information with me, a lot of questions coming in recently on payer negotiations. Christy, first of all, welcome. And secondly, what kind of questions are coming in on Ask an Advisor on payer negotiations? Thanks again for having me. Um, We've had a number of people call or write in and ask us what, what are some best practices on how to negotiate with payers, asking us if we might have a checklist, also asking us if we just had consultants available that might be able to help them through the process because it can be a pretty tedious process. It's not something that's done quickly. You definitely need to take your time when you're um, renegotiating your payer contracts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, tell us some of the challenges then. What is taking place? I mean, it seems daunting just first of all when I hear about having to negotiate, but um, is that it? Is it is it a mental impediment or is it actually, um, you know, a difficult process? Or once you get it, is it kind of smoother sailing than than previously? Those are good questions. I know it'd be nice if all you had to do is make a contract with a payer and be done. Right. And know that everything's going to be good. Everyone's doing what they need to do. Um, there's no problems, you know. Um, But that's not typically what happens. We know that healthcare is always changing and Mm -hmm. the world is always changing. And some of the main constraints that our practices currently are seeing um, are are like delayed reimbursement. That's one of the top ones. Mm -hmm. And some of that has been due both to the practice side and the payer side. We know that there's been staffing problems, kind of staffing shortages, I guess, over the past couple of years that have impacted payment and that causes financial strain on the practices. They're waiting for that money to come in because they've billed out. And so that's one of the areas that um, practices have been struggling with, with payers. Um, Another one have been in claims being denied or rejected. Mm -hmm. So often claims are denied or rejected for coding errors, missing information, or maybe even disagreements over medical necessity. It is important that that the practice has 
their latest fee schedule uploaded in their EHR. Sometimes, amazingly, some practices totally forget that. So every year you need to update your EHR with the current PFS. And um, there are also coding changes every year uh, that practices need to make sure that they're aware of and that providers are educated on how to document um, and follow those new rules. Appeals uh, being denied, when you appeal those denials, they can be time consuming and complex and require a lot of administrative effort on a practice side. Sometimes practices just don't even want to deal with it and then right. that's lost of lost revenue again from from your payers. Yeah, and then thank you for sharing that with us. I know one of the other issues you and I were talking offline, you were getting in you got all excited talking about it, getting you know getting ready to get in there and negotiate yourself, but talking about pre-authorization, prior authorization, all those rules. Talk about that and how that uh, can even make things even more cumbersome or tricky there to deal with. Yes, I would say that we, I think we had a recent stat poll about prior auth actually causing practices some some headaches because it is more time consuming and um, the rules have been, have become a bit more cumbersome for certain procedures and treatments leading to delays in patient care and administrative work that practices often are not prepared to do. So um, there is that pre-auth and prior auth that has added to the stress in practices and could be a point of um, negotiation um, in your in your negotiation strategy. Uh, our current our government affairs team actually at MGMA have been working with legislators regarding the prior auth reform and um, they're trying to lessen the burden on medical groups. I know that just recently they re they released uh, a couple things and it's listed under our advocacy on our MGMA website, but I also listed it and we can list it for our podcast at the end of it um, as a resource for people to um, look at. Okay. That is that great news, and thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, everybody, we will drop in several links that uh, Christy has already put together for us. We'll put those in the episode show notes so you can easily access those. So again, Christy, you and I were talking offline uh, earlier today, and you were talking about um, some of the keys and some of the key things that practices need to be doing when negotiating payer contracts. Talk about those different steps, the different pieces of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, it is important that a practice um, negotiate with the payers to improve their processes and ensure fair reimbursement. So we do have checklists available that can walk you through preparing uh, for negotiation and a wonderful Excel spreadsheet that we will also reference in our podcast. But I kind of um, thought of my five key things that I think a practice needs to do when negotiating with payers. And um, the first one of the five steps is really to prepare thoroughly. So before you're entering negotiations, really gather a comprehensive amount of data about your practice's performance, your patient demographics, services provided, and associated costs. Really understand your practice's value proposition and how it aligns with your payer network because you want to analyze the current reimbursement by payer as part of that whole big picture to get to so you really know where you're at. 
mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the data and and what you have in hand. Um, the second thing is really set clear goals. So define your negotiation goals clearly. Determine the reimbursement rates you're aiming for. Any additional benefits you seek, such as timely payments or improved administration process, and the contract terms that would best serve your practice. Sometimes people forget, but you should always set deadlines during your negotiation process. It helps you stay on track and it keeps the payer accountable for coming back to you with whatever you have specified by that certain date. Okay. Um, um, that, what else oh, you go got? Ahead. Any other keys there? I was just well, wondering. Well, I was going to say, my one. third key is <laughs> use that data. So present your data. Um, your practice's quality of care, your patient outcomes, and efficiency. And you want to use those benchmarks and compare um, with industry standards. We have some of those here at MGMA through Data Dive um, to really demonstrate your value that the practice brings to your payer network. So any data-driven arguments can strengthen your negotiation position and build trust. And it kind of goes back to the first step where I said prepare thoroughly. So gather that data and then leverage that data in the third step to really show what value you have to that payer when you're negotiating. Okay. And sometimes you have to compromise, right? Negotiations right. are a give and take. So while it's important to advocate for your practice interests, you really need to be willing to consider compromises. Um, Payers have concerns and objectives, right? And so do you. And so it's important for you to talk back and forth and have open communication. And communication really is key. I know that on our checklist for the payer negotiation, we go over some typical communication plan that you can do with a, that kind of guides you with the payer. So just having that open communication. Um, when in that negotiation, you can also put in that um, with underperforming payers, you may want to just include an intent to terminate notice if terms are not agreed upon. And if a payer refuses to negotiate, which is possible, mm -hmm. um, you you should evaluate what percentage of your net revenue factor in extra expenses that's related to managing claims and determine whether you really are willing to cancel that contract or if there's maybe even other revenue that could be gathered or increased by working closer with better performing payers. So you kind of have to look at both sides, see what it really is to um, negotiate and see what it what you're willing to take on if they don't come back um, okay. or they don't meet your needs. Okay, and then let me fifth, ask. Oh, go oh. ahead. Well, nope. I was just going to ask real quick, when you're negotiating is, you know, I'm used to watching movies where they've got like a hostage situation, <laughs> they come with the bullhorn and they're negotiating for the release and all that sort of thing. But obviously stakes are different here and everything. But um, are these like face-to-face -face meetings, Zoom meetings? Is it a flurry of emails going back and forth? What combination of all what what does the negotiation look like it's actually a combination of all because you want to put in writing that you're um wanting to start negotiation contract or contact you know negotiation discussions i guess mm -hmm. so you put that in writing to the pair 
and then you start working together um, to have that open dialogue of that those timelines, maybe what you need from that payer, what and then what you're getting currently from the payer and what you're hoping to get in the future. And you want to um, do that via email first, and then you want to fo follow up on a, a call, you know, propose a call, mm -hmm. say, I'd love to talk to you about this after that email. And then um, going back and forth, of course, um, it's always best to have things in writing. And at the end, um, you want to make sure you communicate your proposal via email and then see if it's accepted or rejected during that email. And then if rejected, you want to, you may want to send an appeal letter by mail or via email. Eventually, if it doesn't work out, you'll have a termination agreement that you'll want to do by certified letter just to have all your T's crossed and, you know, I's dotted. Um, yeah. But but it's always good to have a phone call and open communication discussion. You, you're really building um, rapport with those payers and with the, mm -hmm. those um, contacts. Right. So when you are yeah. having trouble, you have a contact that you've built that rapport with that you can reach back out to and say, oh, I'm I'm struggling with this. I'm not seeing this. We're getting more denials on this. I'm not getting the reimbursement I thought I was supposed to on this. And you've already established a working communication, which is always good. Okay. And then final question on that part of it. When do lawyers and or like financial experts get involved or do they get involved uh, in these negotiations? Absolutely. And that was my step five. Oh, was seek legal wow. and financial expertise. <laughs> and of course, there's many steps that can go into more detail on our negotiation checklist. But these are kind of like my five big broad areas. Mm -hmm. um, so the you want to engage legal counsel and financial experts to review your contract terms and assess the financial implications of your negotiated agreement. Um, you want to watch for terms that regard binding arbitration or other means of solving disputes because that could get you um, into some area where maybe you don't have as much wiggle room to um, discuss um, problems or uh, discuss um, disputes. So mm -hmm. you definitely mm -hmm. want to um, make sure you have legal involved. And, you know, it's not these negotiations are not just about getting the best reimbursement rates. Like we talked, it's a it's an opportunity to build a collaborative relationship with a pair. So that's why when you were asking about how do you work with them, email, right. discussion, phone, just using, you know, communicating and understanding each other's priorities, finding a win-win in solutions um, will lead to better, uh, you know, negotiations and right. just supporting each other. Um, because the goal is both want to be, you know, productive and yeah. and sustainable and and win for both. No, that makes perfect sense. Because if you're like really uh, like, boy, I nailed them that time. I got everything that I wanted. It's like, well, maybe you won the battle, so to speak, but you lost the war because now you you might endanger the relationship, you know. Right. And so it's like. 
we let you have that one. We're not doing that again, you know, because you, you don't want a contentious relationship. I really like that you were saying you look for win-win solutions here. That's really what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is in it to for the best of their company or business, right? Mm-hmm. So you just need to work together. Um, but you have to, I mean, you also holding each other accountable. If you should be doing uh, on that checklist, it talks about what you should be reviewing for your payer contracts and how to compare the different payers and then making sure you're getting your reimbursement um, mm-hmm. that you should be getting. Those are all fair, fair things for a practice to do. Um, because, you know, people also make mistakes. So if your contract isn't loaded right in their system and you're getting reimbursed incorrectly, they won't mm-hmm. know it unless you speak up. So yeah. you should be paying attention so that you can go back to them and discuss and get it corrected. Okay. Well, I know that you and I had talked about coordinating, asking advisor at times with the MGMA uh, weekly stat poll as well. Sounds like you've got some ideas here for this particular uh, question of, on payer contract negotiations that we've been discussing. What what can you share with our audience about that? Yeah, so next week, um, we are going to be asking a stat poll um, about how often a practice reviews their payer contracts. Typically, it's yearly, so that's what we're hoping to see most people are going to say, but it's always good to take a pulse and see what people are doing. We know we all get busy. It's also a good way to remind people to be checking their payer contracts and and look at possibly renegotiation and renegotiating. Um, And we haven't asked the stat poll for a couple of years, so we're kind of looking... Um, We're going to see what trend we might see in what happened maybe back in 2018 compared to what we're seeing now that practices are doing in regard to their payer contracts. So I'm really excited for people to participate. And for those that aren't, I know that um, they can just text STAT, S-T-A-T, to 33550 and participate. And I think it's a fun way to see what others are doing in regard to topics. so I participate just just to see what people are are saying. Right. And for anybody who doesn't know about the MGMA stat poll, it is a really good way to engage, to hear, have your voice heard um, in many or most of the MGMA stat polls. There's also an opportunity for open ended questions so you can uh, elaborate on whatever it is going on in your practice on the particular topic area that's being discussed. So it's just one more great way for MGMA members to get engaged and really just to hear their voices heard. So that is really cool. Um, well, Christy, um, thank you for joining us on another Ask an Advisor podcast. Well, thank you. And I look forward to seeing those stat results. And I hope people take advantage of that pair negotiation checklist and the pair evaluation spreadsheet. And then just to go on our site and see what our our government affairs is doing for advocacy for them in some of those struggles that they're they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, great point. So that is going to do it for this episode of Ask an Advisor. As Christy was talking about We have several links that we're going to put in the episode show notes, a payer negotiation checklist, 
some other spreadsheets and then the advocacy team's uh, policy update as well as she was talking about. And then again, if you're not already participating in STAT, you can text STAT to 33550 to get involved. Thanks again. And we look forward to talking with you again on another Ask an Advisor. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.